You're listening to Bite Sized Beauty, a podcast by Adore Beauty that breaks down the topics you want to hear more about into easy to listen to bite sized series. From sex to skin, we can guarantee there's something for everyone. So go on, sink your teeth into it. I'm Kerry Stanley. And I'm Kate Radford. And welcome to Timeless, a podcast made by us, two hair and makeup artists on the fabulous side of 50 with almost 30 years experience each in the business. We are here to have open and honest conversations about ageing and what it looks like to us in our world and also in our profession. And boy, haven't we had some years between us. Wow. (laughs) I was thinking about it when we first met and it's back in the early 2000s. When we were young. Younger, uh, younger, younger. That's you know right. what? It is about language. I don't know about you, Kate, but I, I'm really excited about doing this podcast because one thing that I'm I'm really adamant about is that I want to change the narrative and the language around aging Absolutely. and make it positive yes. and pro and none yes. of this fight the aging, taking yes. away this that that real negativity around it. And I guess we can start because we did meet when we were. In our 30s. What was that on? It started out, we had a mutual friend who was involved with L'Oreal. And for me, it probably started when I first met you was with the hair shows and you being a a hairdresser primarily and then jumping in the makeup world. And they were the the good old days where it was all laid on. They were exciting times, weren't they? I mean, we, we ha- and we will talk more, you know, so much more about our profession and how it has changed as we've moved through, not just, of course, us getting older, but how the industry has really changed dynamically, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, we just need to look at the, um, the invention of the technology and how that has developed over the years. And as a result, with everything being so visual on social media, even, even through the corporate world, I started getting jobs doing CEOs of businesses because they needed LinkedIn profile photographs and <laughs> and photographs for uh, online annual reports. So oh, whereas yes. these people would have been faceless, um, all of a sudden, everybody wants to see who everybody is. So I think, uh, you know, obviously, and we will talk about down the track, the positives and the negatives of being so visible. Um, the good side of that is that it, it's created so much work. Mm. Look, when I first started, which was I started hairdressing when I was 18, which was considered old in, yeah. the, <laughs> yes. in the 80s because you actually left school to become a hairdresser. You yeah. really left school at year 10, but I went through to year 12 and went nursing and then went, oh, it's not for me. Let's become a hairdresser. But what was interesting, like we were back in the days, we shot on film. Yes. Everything was very purposeful because you couldn't waste film, of course. So talking about um, doing headshots and so forth for LinkedIn, headshots was a really big part of the business. Yes. Yeah, my my start, similarly to you with the start in hair world, um, my interest was really spiked through, I guess, my years of ballet and gymnastics and performance and being on stage. And I actually started hair modelling for the amazing Edward Beale, who was a bit of a Melbourne icon. Institution, yes. Absolutely. And one particular year, I think I must have been about 15, so in the the 80s, and uh, he brought out the Vidal Sassoon team from the UK, which just blew my mind, and I did a hair show for them. And that probably started my good 
good 10 years of some amazing uh, neuromantic style haircuts. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> the colours and the makeup and the, um, so much so that I would arrive at school and fortunately my principal thought it was fantastic and he would say, what colour are you going to be tomorrow, Kate? And um, it was a really fun time because it was so creative and albeit when you look back on it now, you'd probably go, eh, a little bit ugly, a little bit, you know. <laughs> Honey, that was the 80s and the 90s. Oh so, I mean, that's all gosh. wrapped up in one. But isn't it interesting, you know, those colours that we had back then, I recall when I was probably 23, my hair was almost shaved off, bleached and turned yes. pink. Now, of course, the yes. accessibility to having fun and crazy colours are certainly not like now. Now you can pop down uh, to anywhere and grab um, And you can do it yourself. And DIY, absolutely. So back then yes. it was like, ooh. So, yeah, so I guess that was it, that was a sort of similar start for me too with, um, with performances and being on stage and so forth. And then I went from hair modelling to uh, my first job out of school while I was full-time working as one of the trainers at Susan Johnson. What did you teach there? So I was one of the trainers and I taught the modeling course and because I'd had a, a bit of experience in makeup and modeling at that time as well and that was like oh, I don't know it was it was such a fun job it almost wasn't really a, a job was that you know? in the night we're talking the 90s then yes yes so that would have been 19 that would have been 1990. 1990, and I was there for a couple of years. So you you were young when you were doing this. So you were 20. Straight out of school. Wow. Straight out of school. But let's talk about your, your makeup experience. Like did you do a course? Did you did someone teach you or how did you learn? No. So, um, so I guess I am one of the OG self-taught makeup mm. artists. At that point, the head of that part of the department at Susan Johnson um, basically trained us all in how they wanted the makeup to be taught. So we were all kind of learning all at the same time. Um, and it was predominantly schoolgirls on their school holidays would come in and do like a two-week two week full-time course and we would do everything from makeup and catwalk and a couple of the hairdressers used to come in to talk about hairstyling and that kind of thing as well. From there I went to Elizabeth Arden and I was an on-counter trainer. Right, basically, retail. Yes, retail. So I basically got into, um, yeah, retail cosmetics from there and then the real essence of the training with skincare and skin and um, products and makeup and what have you, all, all pretty much stemmed from there. So Elizabeth Arden, Shiseido, doing their special events, uh, roaming around Victoria, pharmacies, basically training their, training their on-counter staff, which was fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it. And then an, an amazing woman started Mecca Cosmetica mm. and uh, that was so new and so exciting, you know, Kerry, as you would know, we we really we only had those department store brands. And then it was what really was, I guess, considered the deluxe brands of the time with Dior and Chanel and Arden Clinique. Um, but there was none of these exciting things that you only had access to if someone went overseas. Absolutely. Do you remember, do you remember if any of your friends were travelling 
or if you were or what have you, mm. that you would get a list an arm long for either yep. duty-free or depending on what country you were going to. You know, if you were going to America, you know, oh, what can you get from Sephora and what can you get from Mac? I mean, we, when I first mm. started, Mac wasn't in Australia. It was the beginning uh, of the opening, you know, to – for us to experience so many great products. Yes. You know, and, of course, now with the, you know, Adore Beauty, look at their lists Amazing. and lists and lists of incredible That's stuff that we can it. get from them. All the stuff is artists that we use as well, Not and, of course, not just in our profession but in our on our personal side of things as well. That's you know, right. It's, to have that, that range of products. To have access. It's brilliant. But it's interesting. I'm going to tie it back here to when you started your retail. Yeah. That, you know, we learn so much about women, people, women in general, of course, when you're working in that kind of environment. Yes, that department store experience. And that is actually something, you know, I I remember as I delved further into freelancer world and people talking about it, where did you start and blah, blah. And it was almost like the actors that are shamed into talking about starting on Neighbours or Home and Away. It was like if you Mm. started your makeup career on a counter, it was like, yep. oh, oh, you're not a real makeup artist. You're you're just yep. a real retail sales consultant. I cannot discount those years because that customer service, that listening to their needs and being able to recommend what I thought were going to be just good solutions to to what they were mm. after. I mean, that was just invaluable experience however Mm. after years and years and years of selling for me I got to the point where I just wanted to be creative so I whilst having many other jobs and other bits and pieces I just um, started putting the feelers out and it was amazing the change that I'm, I'm a big believer in the universe and uh and asking the universe for what you want and I used to say because I always had a full-time job like a you know I've worked in PR and I worked in all, all sorts of different fields and I used to just say oh and I and I do hair and makeup mm. and I remember the shift when I started saying to people that I was a makeup artist, when I started getting booked for jobs that didn't have a sales attachment to it, you know, there, there was there was no KPI. It was just, mm. oh, no, we just, we want you to come and, and do this this hair and makeup. And so, Kerry, did you, from from hairdressing and then the training with your, your makeup mm. and so forth, where did that lead you? You came down to Melbourne? Yes, I, I had a really great freelancing career in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So uh, that stemmed from doing lots of originally hair shoots and the photographer there used to shoot pretty much everything. And, of course, that was that's when budgets were fantastic. Yes. You'd get the international companies flying into the Gold Coast to, to shoot, I think yep. probably because they just wanted to get on the golf course. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> did, Why wouldn't you? <laughs> did the number of photo shoots we did around golf courses yeah. was <laughs> quite phenomenal. But um, and I knew that I was very hungry as a as a freelancer and so I always strive to to get to the bigger city. Kind of have to be, didn't you? Yeah, yes, mm. between Sydney or Melbourne. At the time I was 25, I, uh, I was 26, sorry, I was having my, I had my son Connor. I was a 
um, a young mom mm. considering. Um, Gosh, that's hard to juggle. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And so it was Melbourne for me because I'd met uh, a few companies that had come up to Queensland to shoot. So I had that connection, even though I was dying to go to Sydney because that's yes. where the magazines that's were. That's where the magazines were. That's yes. where the magazines were. But yep. financially it wasn't for me. So it was getting to Melbourne. So to me then the necessity of of while you're waiting for jobs to come in as a freelancer, you just you did anything. Yes. And I was happy to do anything. To me, I, originally I said, I will never do one of those glamour studios. That was, yeah. to me was like that. <laughs> a photography <laughs> studio? Yes. Yep. But of course, yes. guess who did it for yeah. oh, not, not that many times, but for a couple of days. But what that taught me was speed. You had to work fast. Yes. So that kind of held that in. And also working on all different ages. Yes. But of course. Not just models or, yeah. Oh, no. Not just yes. the, not just the. No, real people. <laughs> real people, which I loved doing. But what was interesting of those glamour studios is that maybe if you've never had it done or aren't aware of that, they used to light the hell out of something. Yes. Because a term that we'd use was like, let's blow out the features. Let, so of yeah. course, have <laughs> You had to do that. You had to really paint the back in. So yes. you had so much makeup was used. And that's really, that's where a Kardashian didn't invent the contouring. No. Done. No. 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 That was done that was done way, way, way back before, you know, that was a theatre <laughs> trick. That was a, that's what we used in the glamour studios. That's you know, right. To, to create all those dimensions because once you light something, as you know, so strongly, you, you'd lose all the features. So yes. it taught me that. It was against all my principles. Mm. I really was. I was being a bloody makeup snob. But no, you had to earn <laughs> the dollars, didn't you? Had to earn the dollars. Yeah. We've been in the business almost thirty years each. I want to ask the you know, the question: How has our kit changed ah. with product? And I guess for yes. me, it's been all dependent upon where that direction of freelancing has taken us. Yes, you know, so it, it because everything is dependent upon the job. Yes, so you know, we we have. You know, I've got the cupboard at home that I swap products in and out of with regards to jobs, but I'm not doing as much freelancing now as I was say. 15 years ago, I used to be very much in the fashion world. You know, that's how we met. Whether we we do we met as we said on Color Trophy, but yes. then we did men, many fashion weeks. I've got, in fact, your name is saved on my phone as Kate Kate David <laughs> Vamp. <laughs> that's how I have you say. I love and that. So my products have changed with regards to my jobs because my career has changed. Yes. So I moved into television land really is to start off a little bit eight years ago because yep. I wanted that job security. Yeah, you know, I was getting older, okay. yep. single mum. So then it got to the stage like, oh, no, I need some security. So television land was it. So what's lovely about being in my current position now, um, which I'm not long for finishing up because I'm having a move, but yes. I'm working on News Breakfast is my full-time job. Amazing. I get up at three. People find that really crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the journalists are doing it, aren't they? So <laughs> they, are, they are indeed. But, you know, I'm working now with predominantly with women who are over 40. Yep. You know, they're in my chair all the time. Yes. So I've gotten older. My, my women in my chair have gotten older, yep. which is really lovely to see. So therefore my products have really changed as well. Yes. You know, so aren't we aren't we lucky with the affordability of products that are now available to us that 
there are so many things that now work with the different skin types that we're coming across as yes. our clientele and as yeah. I'm getting older, my clients yeah. are getting older, like how we're fitting into that. So, And, and you know, when you were saying that mm. um, and that moving into TV and how we've just got access to so many more products, but I started out with a little fishing tackle box. Me too. And that was all <laughs> yes. I needed, a little fishing tackle box. And now, oh. gosh, when you see some of these people rolling in with their road cases and you just go, whoa, oh. I have come yeah. full circle. I've come full circle. I used to have a couple of full-size suitcases with the cell yes. packs inside yep. pre-COVID and I'd probably say my busiest, busiest, busiest time was was about three, four years ago. It got to the stage where I took everything everywhere with me because I just didn't have the time nor the capacity to repack every time I had a new job. And I'm a Virgo, so I need to have everything with me because what happens mm. if someone if someone asks for a green glitter eyeshadow and I haven't got it <laughs> And I haven't got it with me. And you're doing a wedding. Yeah, I'd be (laughs) devastated. Um, uh, And because my work um, has chopped and changed as far as the industry I work in and I I go from um, commercial uh, TVCs, uh, a couple of TV shows, yeah, you you have to have a bit of everything just in case and there's nothing worse than being caught short. We touched on it before, but one thing that I really like to instill in those up-and-coming artists Apart from the harsh reality of our industry now, without sugarcoating it, but is that a lot of your business will actually be on private clients and to really embrace it. You know, that's how we start. We we start by doing friends makeups for parties and then you move into weddings and so forth. And amongst all that, you will work on women that are older, mums or brides, grandmothers or brides, et cetera. You know, and so we need to have a well-rounded arsenal in our back pocket to know how to to work with these yeah. faces yes. and changing faces. And I know as uh, and we will certainly talk about this throughout the whole series as about our own changing faces yep. and how we've accepted that yes. or what we've done to, to for our own benefit. Yeah, and we've discussed that a lot, haven't we? We've discussed mm. that a mm. lot given we are the same age and, um, yeah, I, I decided a little while ago that I would remove anti-aging from my vocabulary. Mm. Um, if anything, I would call myself an anti-ageist. Um, I just don't think it's I just don't think it's helpful. Um, mm. It certainly doesn't make us feel any better about ourselves trying yes. to yeah. trying to um, prevent things from happening as they should. And I'm not saying don't look after yourself because we're in the business of taking care of the way we look. Yes. But yeah, it's there's it's it's a real challenge and it's very confronting and and yes and there's definitely some groundswell with diversity and inclusion, uh, particularly in the fashion world. I know, and uh, and I think also, I'm not sure, but like in in TV land, you know, our newsreaders, our female journalists, they they still get absolutely scrutinised oh, about their it's look. Disgraceful. It's, it is absolutely disgraceful. The trolling that they get online most often yeah. because of the way they look and unfortunately that's still around. Yeah. And, and you know, how do we move past that and through that? Yeah. But let's kind of let's get back a little bit about our own feelings about ageing. Yes. Like I know now I feel better in my own skin, I guess, than I did, as in I'm talking from the shoulders up, Yes, menopause and 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 my middle not so great. Oh. At the moment. 
power. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother ep, Kerry. Menopause. No. Dang. But Whoa. my attitude has changed. I think my whole routine has changed as I've gotten between 40 and 50. So I look back at when I was 40 and I was Botoxed to the hilt. I was oh, Brie really? Vandercamp. Brie wow. Vandercamp from Melrose Place. Yes. Yeah. Had my eyebrows highly arched and it was all pulled up and shiny forward. And I look, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that if that's your choice. But I was funny. It was funny enough. I was teaching at the time and my students could never read me. Ah. They, could never, they could never read my expression. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was frozen. Um, and that was fine for what it is, but I've kind of moved on a little bit from there and let things slide. I like to have expression, especially that I'm yes. doing a lot more broadcasting. I have to have that expression. Yeah, yeah. But it's pretty funny. But I'm looking after my skin a whole lot more. That's a priority for me, yes, your skin, yes. which I, I kind of like fudged that for so many years. And now it's like, oh, no, yep. that's a priority. That's where my money's being spent. Yeah, I, I, I found it confronting when, um, when my eyesight started to go and I got to the <laughs> stage where I had to start wearing glasses all the time. Yes. And yeah, back to that point of um, I'm getting older, but the models are getting younger. You know, the the, mm. the age divide is real. Oh, I see my role. I'm I'm sure you do too. If you're you're working with women of a similar age to yourself, you can be really supportive of each other, and mm. um and you you understand any sort of insecurities that they're experiencing while they're sitting in your chair. Um, mm-hmm. my experience then having a 16, 17, 18 year old sitting in my chair, I've had to kind of change my the way I relate to them and. But it's interesting. Then there's the models in that sort of late 20s, mid 30s bracket who are probably the most, I think, in the most vulnerable and susceptible part of their lives as far as what they're being confronted with as far as their job goes and and the expectation of how they should still be looking at that stage. It's a bit of a minefield. Um, but I think we're getting better at it, and I think mm. more more women like us getting it out there and 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 talking about mm. how we feel about it. I know there was a big shift between thirty and forty, like you. Oh, sorry, thirty and forty, and then forty and fifty, mm. um, an even bigger shift because the decline happens a lot faster the older you get. You know, yes. I think I found my first grey hair when I was thirty, and um, oh, okay, right got to deal with that. I've noticed a big decline in my skin over the last probably two years in particular, the last 12 months in particular, but then, Mm. gosh, being locked down and not being exposed and going outside as much as I'd normally do, that's also had some changes too. Yeah, 100%. um, I have found loss of elasticity. That is the biggest one. Yeah. I think the skin, te- my skin texture, because I've invested in, in great products, texture is great. It's glowy. It's nice because I'm using all the right things. Yes. But, but gravity. Gravity. Is, gravity is not being kind. And that's uh, a whole body <laughs> too, isn't it really? And that really is. <laughs> and it's, and it, and it is, it, what it is really bringing up for me is all of my own issues and all of the programming that has been instilled from my mother, and that is nothing against my mother by all means. Yes. Um, that's just a that's just generational thing, and that's just how yep. it was. Yeah. And how she was programmed and how you're meant to look a certain way. And you know, that narrative is starting to change. 
and that's that's those younger generations coming through and they're the ones changing it, which is fantastic. But my own issues, they run deep, yes. you know, and so that's interesting, especially through COVID times. You're forced, mm. you know, a lot of things were being brought up and that's, you know, you hate it at the time, but it's a really good thing to happen because, you know, it's forcing you to look in the mirror to go, okay, what do I need to start working on and what do I need to start? This self-acceptance is the yes. biggest thing because one of the, the most common things that I hear from women of, of our age group is I don't like the way I look or how I look is not matching how I'm feeling on the yes. inside. Yes. What can I do? Or, or they haven't updated their makeup. I do lots of makeup lessons, which yes. I think is great. Invest in an artist to teach you and not an artist yeah. that is the age of 20. Uh, but yes, yes. That, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, get someone who is your own age and experience to show you the ropes. Yep. You know, and that, that is money well spent, yep. 100%. It's educating and supporting and nur- and nurturing those the women of our age group and of our generation to go, you know, we are actually going all through this together. We do have some deep running issues yes. and it's kind of a collective as well. Yes, But absolutely. things are starting to change, which is yeah. really nice to see. I, um, I've also been quite fortunate throughout the years I actually started, oh, well, other than my hair modelling when I was sort of a teenager, um, is that I started modelling um, some fashion and commercial modelling in my 30s, but probably uh, more, more recently in the last couple of years, I've sort of been encouraged to move more into the fashion world. And as we accept that, um, that change for um, diversity and inclusion, and we've we've done the whole thing with um, diverse body shapes and disability and that kind of thing. Now, whilst I believe that a lot of companies have em- have embraced that change, uh, a lot of the companies that I work with, you um, you. Kmart's and Targets right through to um, the sort of chain store brands like Cotton On and Just Jeans Group. They're doing a great job as far as diversity with their um, ethnic backgrounds and their sizing and that kind of thing. Um, Age age is still, a, I think, there's still a bit of a hurdle there. Now, Mm. whether or not that's just because there's just not that many middle-aged and older people putting themselves out there, that's a huge chunk of the demographic that aren't seeing themselves represented. And we're back. Right. Okay. I like it. Products. Let's chat products. You know, we're looking at it in two different ways, what we use on ourselves and what we use in our kits. Now, of course, on myself, I'm quite minimal. I've just gotten into a really nice routine over the last couple of years and therefore my skin is looking amazing. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's products like the the Ordinary yep. Hyaluronic Acid. Yes. Do you want a gem of a little product? Yeah. Retails for about $13. Brilliant. All the hydration you need. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, we've got the SkinCeuticals Vitamin C. It's amazing. That sits, I think, at about $230, I think. Yeah. But that lasts six months. That is value for money. Little goes a long way. Brilliant. And it's divine. Other favorite brand is La Roche-Posay. Yes. For their cleanser, for their moisturizers. Just beautiful. And again, a really good price point. And they're also great generic products as well to yeah. have in your kit because we have work with so many different skin types we can't carry everything no that's right but you know that's kind of a really nice way to kind of hydrate skin as well and um, so i love those but sunscreen yes that's sunscreen yes. <laughs> essential 
and I get up for work at 3 a.m., I'll put it on then. Yes. To, for when I leave work, you know, so it's under my makeup all the time. It's just a nice habit now I've gotten into. Uh, exfoliant, I use a glycolic acid. Mm-hmm. I think that's from the SkinCeutical brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my active product that I use is from a brand called Curate, and that's a, a prescription-based retinol. Amazing. And, again, that changes. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a really great service that they offer. And, in fact, Dr. Michelle Squire, who's the CEO of that company, has been on other Adore Beauty podcasts. Amazing. Genius. But I think for me, it's uh, it's definitely the, the sunscreen. Is that's been my change because I said growing up in Queensland, ah, who cared? Just like would you bet the refoil? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, you're like refoil. sizzling sausages using oh, that stuff. I know. <laughs> my poor mum, who's fabulous in seventy six. Yeah, she like yeah, she's like, oh, if there's one thing she could do different. It would be not none of the baking which was done with that product. Yes. Well, I had a slightly different different approach. My my mum was a gorgeous redhead with very very pale, very very freckly skin, and uh, she would tell stories of you know grow of growing up where um, she would be trying to bake with the other girls and 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 then obviously oh. come off the beach or wherever they were and and then for days be so in so much pain and and tearing shreds of skin off as she peeled and what have you and so she had that type of skin and what was freckled from head to toe i i am also very pale i uh, not quite to that level um so funnily enough she was she was quite good at getting the uh the sunscreen on back in the day and then something that i do remember from primary school was the slip slop slap campaign was massive oh yes uh, yes but that was more uh, you know I, I don't think that i ever tied that in with how sun damage would make me look in later years. Mm. So, Kate, tell me about the products that you love. I love uh, so many and that uh, gives me massive option paralysis a lot of the time. I find it very, (laughs) very hard. Um, I currently have uh, La Clinica skincare uh, both in my kit and they look after me at home. I'm very lucky with that. Um, but as Kerry, Kerry, you mentioned before, because we work with such a huge broad range of, of, of people in our professional lives, we, we need to have a few more products in the kit so that we are looking at, at lots of different skin types and, and different finishes and things like that as far as our makeup goes. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Dermalogica and I love the uh, Skin Institute with the active range. There are so many and I will have to have to agree with you that really La Roche-Posay um, do wonderful products, uh, great price point and, uh, and really, really effective too. Probably my number one product of theirs would be the the BB cream, the tinted BB cream. And for a Ooh, long yes. time, I wore that. That was my foundation. Um, I didn't need to use any more coverage. Mm. So, Kate, next week, if you're starting, we have our first guest on. We've got Dr. Catherine Armour. We're going to be talking about skin changes. And boy, Ooh. don't we have a lot to chat about that. So we're going to <laughs> talk about our own. We're going to talk about our own experiences. Um, and of course, we're going to talk to Dr. Catherine around skin changes and menopause. Ding, ding. I know oh. all about that. Uh, and also chatting about options um, for procedures. But, you know, we can, uh, it's certainly going to be quite open about that. So we're going to wrap that up there. 
It was so lovely hearing about your story and yes, and um, the good old days. The good, but you know what? I sometimes I go, well, they were great old days, but but don't we have great new days ahead of us? Yes, yes, we're here for it. We are all about pro aging. Love it, pro showing up. aged goddesses. <laughs> Love it. Bye, Kerry. Bye, doll. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders, both past, present and emerging.